We are back from maternity leave, relatable listeners. Happy Monday, and we have a very special guest for you today. We've got Kat Von D, the famous tattoo artist and musician. She is here to share her testimony of how she recently, in the last few years, became a Christian. She shared this beautiful video of her baptism, which received so much attention, mostly positive attention, but a little bit of negative criticism as well. Let me play you a clip uh, from the video that she posted. Catherine von Gothenburg, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in obedience to his divine command, I baptize you, my sister. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today she is going to be sharing about her life and about her faith, and you are going to absolutely love this conversation. Before we get into it, I have a couple things to say. Since it is Monday, let me tell you to do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. That is the only thing that we can ever do in any given moment. So let that be your mentality, your prayer uh, this week, every second, do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. And speaking of that, friends, family, related gals and related bros, we've got some new merch for you. It's really exciting. I'm so excited about it. Look, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should watch on YouTube. This is a crew neck sweatshirt. I'm so excited about it. It's like a rose color, which I think is beautiful on the front of it. So this is similar to the shirts that we have also on the website. Um, it's Ally Merch dot com, right? Allymerch.com. Forgot it. I'm a little rusty. Do the next right thing. And then it's got this with the in faith with excellence and for the glory of God on the back. Super cute. This would be a great Christmas present. Related bros out there um, for your wife, for your significant other. Um, and then we've got this. I don't know. It's a flower. It's a sun. It's a character, right, Brie? Yep. It, I don't know. It's a cute little gal. And she is saying, raise a respectful ruckus. I don't know. I think it's really cute. I'm super excited to wear this. I'll probably wear it tomorrow on the show. And then we've also got some like Relata Bro color. So we've got the navy and the yellow do the next right thing crew neck. And we've also got a black and a white. And we've got one other color on the site uh, for the for the crewnecks, but great sweatshirt for fall and for winter related gals and related bros. Don't forget Alley 10. Alley 10 is the discount code for 10% off your order. So go to alleymerch.com. You'll get 10% off your order with code Alley 10. Man, oh man, guys, we've got a ton to talk about, not just today, but this week. And until the end of the year, I don't know how we're even going to catch up. We've got a lot of stuff that we'll be talking about this week. Tomorrow is probably going to be like kind of a catch-up show a little bit. If you want to, I will talk about my birth story. So please send me a message. I know it's not for everyone, but a lot of you do want that. So I'll at least talk about just like how the last few weeks have been for me. And then on Wednesday, I am going to respond to the Andy Stanley sermon. I know that's a little bit of old news. By now, we asked uh, 
Pastor Andy Stanley to come on the show. Unfortunately, he is not available to do so. So I will be responding to his LGBTQ sermon on the show on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we are going to talk as much as we can about what's going on between uh, Israel and uh, and Hamas, Palestine. And uh, I will try my best to give a biblical perspective on that. There's so many aspects of it we won't be able to cover in one episode. But that's the plan for the week. And Unless something else happens. I'm so excited to be back. I missed you guys. I love you guys. I'm so excited that this is the episode, the interview, the conversation that we are having on the first non-maternity leave episode in many, many weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening and for being here. All right. This episode, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com and use code Allie for a discount. That's GoodRanchers.com code Allie. Okay. Without further ado, here is Kat Von D. Kat Von D, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, your full name, can you pronounce your last name for us? Um, yeah, so my my full name is Catherine Von Drachenberg, or Drachenberg. Yes. It's, oh, I yeah. like that. I like that. <laughs> it's very so, Dracula. Yes. Um, but it, a long time ago, a friend of mine uh, just, you know, kind of dumbed it down because it's very hard to pronounce. It's hard to read. So Kat Von D was a lot easier for people. So yeah. it kind of stuck and became a bit of a nickname. And yeah, now, it's yeah. worked out. It's yeah. worked out. Okay, so a lot of people, most people watching know who you are. They know you maybe from... LA Inc. Mm -hmm. That's what I originally know you from, yeah. watching it on TLC a long time ago. They know you from your makeup line. They know you from your music, lots of things. Yeah. They may be surprised that you are on the Relatable Podcast with <laughs> Ali Bastucki. So first, before we get into your story, can you talk about how we got connected? Yeah, sure. And I will say, you know, I, the reason I wanted to come and talk to you is because I just assumed that a majority of your followers and stuff might not know who I am either. And I love that you have like a very large, like Christian, like faith-based following. And that's who I want to talk to right now versus like, you know, talking to my usual fans that I always talk to. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, we met, well, I've been following you for a long time, which I, you probably don't know. Um, just stalking you on Instagram, <laughs> but I, I, I love your podcast and been listening to it a lot. And you actually like, um, helped me find a lot of the answers that I was looking for at the time. And, and then I, I remember I DM'd you a few times about, um, like looking for a specific, I, I saw a clip of like, a a, a debate that you had or a conversation right. that you had, uh, regarding like Catholicism versus, um, baptism, ba Baptist, Baptist or Protestant. Yeah, yeah. And, and so mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I really want to see that. And I'm going to see if she'll, she'll see my DM. And then you did. And, um, and then you, you know, you recommended a Bible, which I got and I'm so grateful for because it's really helped in my Bible studies. So, Good. so I feel like, you know, we just kind of connected through that. Yeah. Um, yes. The ESV study Bible. It yeah. also helps me so much with all the questions that I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when you did your Instagram live, a lot of people reached oh, yeah. out to me and uh -huh. was like, oh my gosh, you know Kat. <laughs> and um, I was so thankful that you messaged me and I loved your baptism video, which we'll talk a little bit more yeah. about. And I really, I don't think you know this, but I really wanted to ask you to come on the show after oh, that, cool. but I didn't want 
you to think that I just wanted you for a guest on my show <laughs> and really like I cared about our friendship yeah, and yeah. like our our back and forth that we were having. And so I reached out to Bree and I was like, I really want to ask her, but I just don't want her to think that I just want her for <laughs> relatable. I want her to know that I really care about her faith and her story just like from a friend perspective. Yeah. And so I had I just, the same feelings too. I was like, I want to ask her, but you know, I know she's on maternity leave and I know what it was like. Like I took 40 days off after I had my baby I was like I didn't talk to anybody yeah so it was like I was very strict about that and I'm like I don't want to be like hey I know you've got like bigger fish to fry but like <laughs> can we talk and so I was just so grateful that you were you even made this happen so yes and then well you reached out to me yeah and you said something about it because I'm sure after the baptism video that you got a lot of requests for yeah. interviews did yeah, you I did I'm sure from conservative and Christian media and yeah. so that's the same thing I was thinking the same thing I'm like oh my gosh she probably has so many interview requests so I feel like God really did just bring it together when yeah. you reached out to me and asked to come on the show. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm so glad that we made it happen and people are so excited. <laughs> That's so cool. excited to hear awesome. your story. So uh, before we even get into how you became a Christian, I kind of want to go all the yeah. way back. Sure. So who is Kat Von D? How were you raised? Um, well, I was born in Mexico um, in 1982 and my, my parents are... They were missionary Christians. They were both from Argentina, from South America. And so at the time of the birth of me and my siblings, my, my dad was uh, on a mission in a very tiny pueblito in the middle of nowhere in Mexico called Monte Morelos. Um, it's in the state of Nuevo León, which is about seven hours south of Texas. And he was building clinics in places that just didn't have them. And my dad's a pretty inspiring guy. And so uh, we were born in a literal third world country environment yeah. and had no idea. And it was one of the most abundant times in our lives. You know, like our, my, I remember like the floors in our house were just packed dirt. We had no running water, no electricity. And um, I remember spending a crisp, like my first memory of my first Christmas was on those dirt floors, opening up like a little homemade present that my parents got us. And it was just a an amazing time for me. When, when I think about those years, it's like, uh, there's some of the best, best years of my childhood and hopefully I can kind of somehow give something like that to my son in this crazy wonky world we live in now but yeah. um so so we were brought up obviously with God in our household um you know where my parents were quite strict with that and um you know we moved to America by the time I was six years old in su Southern California and um you know, I talked to my pastor about it now because I, I ended up straying, you know, I ended up like being a, a pretty wild teenager and leaving home at the age of 14 and running away and putting my, my parents through through a literal hell that I've made amends for now. But um, yeah, uh, I had a lot of questions as a kid and I don't think my parents were equipped with the answers. And so that's like one of the things that I really, as a parent now that I really want to be able to do with my son when he asks questions and I don't want it to just be like oh well we just believe you know or yeah. or it's just uh like that's what faith is you just got to believe and it's yeah. like yeah but I have legit questions like whether it's you know elementary school level of dinosaur questions to um like what the resurrection was and yeah. and they didn't really have that so I did go to bible studies as like a child um like I remember up in, until my early teens I had read the bible twice but I read it not really like understanding or I just read words, you know, front right. to back. And so, um, 
yeah, sorry if I jump around. You can always stop me. That's um, okay. But I ended up, uh, you know, uh, going astray in a way. Like I, I, th I think I discovered punk rock music at a very early age, and I don't want to blame that for my decision to like walk away from God. But um, because because in in reality, I think that's what actually brought me back to to God. But. Um, was just this free-thinking mentality. It's mm -hmm. like to question everything, especially authority. Okay, guys, first sponsor for the day is Holy Pals. I'm so excited to tell you about them. Holy Pals makes pajamas for kids with biblical prints on them. So, you know, for Christmas, you're trying to find the cute Christmas pajamas for your kids. Most of them have Santa Claus, elves, whatever on them. But what about cute Christmas pajamas that glorify God because they depict the actual biblical story of Christmas. That's why I love Holy Pals because they bring the gospel, they bring scripture to your kids in a really creative, cute way that they can wear. We've got some Easter pajamas that they sent us. It's got the stone rolled away. Uh, it's got the angel, super cute. And then we've got the Christmas pajamas that they just sent us. They've got nativity scenes all over them. This is 100% premium cotton, really, really sweet prints. I just love the mission of Holy Pals and I really do love their products and my kids love them too. So this is a great option for you if you're looking for a company um, that is glorifying God to support this Christmas season and then also just a God-glorifying design for your pajamas as well, then check out Holy Pals. Go to holypals.com or check out Holy Pals Inc. on Instagram. If you go to holypals.com and use code Allie, you will get a discount on your order. Holypals.com, code Allie. Holypals.com, code Allie. And this was when you were kind of early teen, because yeah. you said you ran away when you were how old? 14. 14. Yeah. And so was this right around that time that you kind of started questioning things? Yeah. The punk rock world? Yeah. And yeah. I kind of actually like resent, resented it too, because again, I didn't really have certain understandings. I just went to church because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, if you look different, then you don't belong here, Like there, were, which is not which is not what, how it should be. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not that I went around thinking about it, like going like, I'm an atheist or I'm a this or anything. I just didn't care. I was just like, uh, I don't I don't believe in this. I don't like, yeah. you know. And then as I got into my 20s, I guess, like um, I started looking without knowing into like new age stuff, I guess. Uh, I will say this, that like after I, I posted my baptism video, I saw like a lot of headlines and, and things and, I think people like to, especially the media, they like to sensationalize stories and make them a lot more extreme than they really are. Like I was never in a cult. I was never in a, uh, I was never a, a witch, like a self, like a self-proclaimed witch or anything like that. Um, I was definitely not a Satanist, you know, but I think it, it kind of reads more enticing when you, when you see like an extremeness of something. Yeah. I, I definitely, I know I look and dress like a villain, so it's easy to, to like be like, oh, well, this is an exceptional story, but I, I don't really have like, a testimony that's like I don't know I've heard a lot more inspiring testimonies in my own but it's not that crazy you know mm. but I think that um I was just searching for answers and meaning in so many of the wrong places like most people do and um I I uh yeah I think um 
I mean, I don't know if I should just jump to where we are now because it we can back up. Sense. Let me back up yeah. a little bit. So you ran away when uh-huh. you were fourteen. You put your parents through yeah. a lot, as all teenagers yeah. do. But running away is obviously a big deal. Yeah, it's awful. Um, and I read that you were sent to boarding school when you were fifteen. Correct? Kind of. Um, uh, are you talking about like the 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 Utah thing or? Um, I don't really, so um, I, I ran away when I was 14. I came back and tried to work it out with my parents. And yeah. you have to understand, you know, I had like a mohawk at the time. I shaved my head. I started getting tattooed at the time. So they were worried. This was a shock. And yeah. not to mention, like, my poor parents, they're not Americanized by any means right. at this time. Like, they're coming from a completely different culture. They, they're really... They really believe like their child has been possessed by a demon, yeah. you know, and which is not the case. I tried to explain that to my parents, but they, you know, it's it's a different generation, and um, and you know, I think there could have been conversations that could have been had to help, but at the same time, I I wouldn't change anything because it, it it's really what brought me to where I am now anyway. So, right. um, so yeah, um, and then at at one point, my parents were pretty desperate to like fix me you know or fix whatever they thought was yeah. wrong or and help so, you they probably thought that they were just trying to help you of if course they thought that you were possessed in some way or yeah or just worried you know i mean like at the time yeah. you have to understand there wasn't any like tv shows that normalized tattoos or anything like that right. the only people getting tattooed back then were like you were a gang member or a prostitute yeah. or a drug addict so like and this was know, like mid 90s right whatever you're that yeah yeah, yeah uh-huh and yeah. so uh you know, my poor parents. Oh. <laughs> um, and so they sent me off to a school and I I, I don't really consider it a school. I think it was, it's uh, like, um, I don't understand why these institutions are even still Exist. legally, a, 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 you know, available to parents. But um, I think that's like for another podcast. And basically it's just, uh, you know, this, these, uh, how would you describe it? It's a I call it a lockdown facility. You know, mm. it's a it's a place where parents write off their rights to their child and Ugh. put them in the hands of people with no supervision. And um, there was just a lot of abuse. Not not to me. That thankfully, like I didn't have to endure some of it. I think there was some mental abuse, obviously, but nothing um, physical that I saw with other people there. And uh, was it a religious institution or no? It was. I I, I don't. I wouldn't say it was religious, but the people that worked there were all. Um, it was in Utah, so they're all Mormons. And, um, but they didn't like make us go to their church or anything like that. Um, and no, it was just, I, I think honestly, it's like a big scam where they just scam yeah. like scared parents out of money. And yeah. I was there for about six months. I lied my way out of there and then was taken to like another, like, like kind of like a transitional boarding school, like situation. By that point I started drinking, um, and, You're about 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. And so I started drinking not for fun. I was for uh, to cope with probably some of the trauma. And I didn't understand that that was like kind of the beginning of my addiction. And um, I came back home, tried to work it out. It didn't really work out. At that point, both my parents and I like agreed, this isn't good for any of us. You should probably go, go on your own. And so I had already started tattooing at that point. And um, I was making a lot of good money for a teenager and living in really rough areas and um, were you in LA yeah I was in I was outside of LA in San Bernardino which is about an hour and a half two hours with traffic mm-hmm. and and yeah so um and then I fell in love with tattooing you know I, I really saw that as a calling um I was good at it I was good mm-hmm. at people I was a, a good listener 
and um and I was an artist so it just you know worked worked out and um and then I just like started quickly kind of outgrowing the 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 little ponds that I was in and so I jumped like another tattoo shop with more experienced artists and and then I made my way towards Los Angeles and um yeah and I guess yeah from there I just I got I got on TV I guess yeah. and when did you knew that you had artistic talent since I was I can remember yeah yeah um my parents we were very you know we were not well off at all I don't I don't come from money so um I remember going to church and like being bored out of my mind and like during the sermon, you know, as a child on the floor, just drawing, I would take the tithe envelopes and open them up and, and take the little pencils that were in the, the pews. And draw. And, yeah. And just start yeah. drawing. And I really gravitated towards realism. I loved drawing people. Like I would draw my family members or, um, if I saw a pretty girl in a magazine, I would, I loved facial structure and, mm -hmm. um, kind of trying to re reproduce that with my human abilities. Yeah. And so. you're also a classically trained Pianist, right? Yeah, my grandmother was a pianist, so she started training us when I was five. All right, another fun sponsor, and that is Operation Christmas Child. A uh, Operation Christmas Child is through Samaritan's Purse. You guys are probably familiar with this. If you grew up in the church like I did, you probably made a little box. Now, this is an upgrade from what it was when I was growing up. When I was growing up, it was just a little paper shoebox that they had to keep together while they sent it around the world to these countries that they are giving uh, these gifts to. But now we've got this nice, sturdy plastic box. Um, that you can purchase and you fill it with all kinds of non-perishable gifts for children, many of whom have never received a Christmas gift before. So you can go online, you can go to samaritanspurse.org slash OCC, and you can actually select the items to put into the box, or you can make it yourself. You can get a shoe box or you can get a plastic box. And then there are several different drop-off locations. Um, where you can you can go to you can go to a church and you can drop off your box and then they will take it and then they will ship it and they actually go throughout the year and they give these box of supplies of gifts uh, to children throughout the year more than 209 million gift filled shoe boxes to children in more than 170 countries and territories uh, and that is since 1993 and this year they are celebrating 30 years of ministry so go to Samaria samaritanspurse.org slash OCC. National Collection Week is coming up November 13th through 20th. So again, you can drop off those shoe boxes or you can make it online by going to samaritanspurse.org slash OCC, samaritanspurse.org slash OCC. So you, like you said, you jumped to bigger and bigger ponds, got closer to LA as a tattoo artist. At this point, you're like, Late teens, early 20s? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And when, how old were you when LA Inc. started? So I first got on a, a show called Miami Inc. And right. I was um, 20, barely 21 or so. And I was, uh, at this point, a full-blown alcoholic. I was drinking all the time. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I, I got introduced to drugs at that point, but I was functioning so uh, like somehow I miraculously like showed up to work every day and I did a great job, you know? Yeah. And then, but behind that was just, uh, you know, this growing addiction. And uh, I did Miami Inc. for as long as I could. 
uh, as long as I contractually had to, because it was very a very miserable experience. And, and you know, Just I had I, I had signed the contract while I was drunk without a lawyer or anything like that. And I, I had no idea that I had signed away the rights to my name and my likeness and my art and everything I created. And so to nullify that contract, um, I was offered well, I was offered to do LA Inc. And so I didn't want to. I just wanted to get away from whatever that whole process was. I, I never, I wasn't the type of person that was like, I want to be on TV and I want to be famous. I just like love tattooing and I wanted to be a good representation of the industry that I was in. And, um, but the people that, you know, I was casted with, we just didn't um, get along. And so I was like kind of forced to be with people that didn't respect me or whatever. Yeah. So I signed the contract for LA Inc., and um and opened up my shop in LA and I had that shop for about 12 years mm. so but we filmed the show for another 39 episodes or something like that yeah and you said at this time mid-20s you kind of got into the new age you were still an alcoholic at this point right yeah and I wasn't like full blown into it but I was like yeah. you know I think I was a seeker so uh, but uh, but nothing I wasn't I wasn't really actively pursuing any belief system yeah i just was um sad you know i was drinking and i was trying to find um answers in the wrong places and it wasn't until i got sober which is it'll be 17 years ago in july that i um you know really opened up my eyes to wanting to fix myself and that's when i started getting into a lot of the new age stuff like mm. a lot of self-help books you know that's yeah. kind of that was kind of like the gateway into it like law of attraction type no stuff, or not really no i was like into and i mean i don't want to obviously like diss any like authors or anything but just like um like into meditation a lot of meditation yeah. and um and spiritual it, yeah yeah but um so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like I was like I'm going to go sell my soul or anything like that. I honestly like um Satan is not on the radar for me. Uh when I got sober, I I didn't go to AA. I I read the big book, which I loved. And I I still love the, that book. I feel like um I do have notes, but like, you know, I think I think in in general like doing a 12 step for everybody, everybody would benefit from, you know, doing your inventory and making amends and doing all that stuff. That was very helpful for me. Um, you know, they really talk about having a higher power and that's the part where I'm like, oh, I, I feel like you're missing the God part. Cause mm -hmm. like, you know, they, they won't like have a, uh, like they don't ever talk about your, your, your higher power can be this cactus in the corner, you know, yeah. it can be um, Ozzy Osbourne or something, you know, yeah. it's not. Whereas like for me, I feel like, um, I've been sober for a long time, but I don't feel like I was free from all of it until I found God, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I feel like um, that would be so cool if, I mean, whatever, I'm not gonna really diss on the AA program because it helps a lot of people. But um, so yeah, I think that's when I just started looking into um, that type of literature. And, and then I started learning about transcendental meditation. And I was like, oh, like it was always these very like, short-lived band-aids on a sinking ship you know yes. that's kind of how i see it yeah it's like uh oh this feels really good and i'm like so at peace and i've like been totally. able to like um you know I'd, I'd have anxiety at the airport and i'd go into the bathroom and like say my m mantra and then um and i'll be fine it's yeah. like but it's it was these crutches you know right so now i'm gonna fast forward to like the first post that i ever made about talking about like throwing away my Witchcraft. my occult books yes. yeah 
And I think that everybody kind of honed in, my fans included, um, on the witchcraft books because there was a lot more of those than there was the others. But I actually threw away all my meditation books, all my books on yoga, all my mm. like. It wasn't just the 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 stuff that people considered spooky, which you know I don't think some of it is, but um, and and I think that it's easier to look at like a story, like what I wrote and. And mind you, I prayed a lot about that post prior to doing it. Um, like I spent time on writing that caption because I knew the intentions behind it were to like start being able to talk about where I'm at in life, you know. For, and that was what, 2020? Yeah. Or so? I think yeah. so, yeah. And uh, and it was such an, so, so I posted this post on Instagram where I just took a picture of um, a good chunk of these books that I took from my library. I have a library of like three to 500 books. And so this was a very s small, like a small amount of books out of that collection that I just wanted to get rid of. Like it, it I don't want to say that they were haunting me, but it's like, I already knew they were there. I have my son who's growing up and is becoming curious. And it's like, um, you know, there were some art books I threw away too that weren't in that picture that were like, hey, I don't know if I want my kid to look at that, you know, yeah. like, um, and but to me it was like I came to this really awesome realization that the that night that I that I um, decided to post that was that like I don't want these crutches in my life anymore, mm. you know. And that's what I really saw them as is like okay, like um, I just want Jesus, and it's a very narrow a narrow road, right? Like I feel like all these other like these breathing techniques or these um, or like spell work or whatever like. Um, nature worship all the, these things it's like um they're just crutches they're not really like my answer yeah. and so for me i would rather eliminate any distractions and this is just for what works for me you know so that was like it was a symbolic gesture i guess in, in a way but it was it was my first like proclaiming of where i stand with certain things and it was crazy to watch the reaction because in the comments it was like i literally i i feel like you could see literal demons hissing at each other mm. and um and it was coming from both sides you know from people that were like oh i don't think alistair crowley's evil or um or hey like why would you throw this away you should give them to people like that's so wasteful or whatever or there's nothing wrong with what i see in these pictures and then there would be the christians that are like attacking and kind of saying saying equally as evil things too you know that weren't helping anybody mm. and um and that night um I feel it, two people came to my house. So at the time we lived in LA and we had a gated house and I was upstairs with my son and the doorbell rang and we had like a security system and my husband looks and it was, uh, he screenshotted it and it was just this possessed person, you know, who just was like, hi, um, you know, I, I don't want to freak you out, but I'm just, I, I just want to know if I could please have those books, you know, like I, I really need those books. I need those books. And it was wow. just like, and you could see the, the darkness in this eye and like, yeah. well, like why I think like when I say things, I, I definitely think that people over, over, over spiritualize. No, like, I just, I just think a lot of people, especially in the Christian community, like call everything demonic. Yeah. And I don't think everything is demonic. Yeah. Like, um, but in this case, I was like, I think this is a, a definition of a demon like this person is possessed and is no longer in control of what they would normally do because a they're obsessed either with fame or with the desire to to bring certain evils into your life mm -hmm. you know 
I think that's crazy. You know, my my husband ushered him away. Then the second person came and they tried to break into our trash cans. Wow. Which I had to already thrown. Huh? To get the books. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which were all readily available online anyway. I mean, I did yeah. have like first editions of stuff, but like, but it's like, what is it in you that's like so um, d desperate for, you know, like, yeah. again, trying to find these answers in the wrong places, a literal trash can. Yeah. You know, and it huh. it kind of was like a, a very like sobering moment for me because I was like, man, like this, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with this right. you know, anymore. Let me tell y'all about Naturally It's Clean. You're always asking me for the link to the cleaning products that I talk about. This is it. It's called Naturally It's Clean. If you go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie, you'll see my favorite products. I think there's carpet cleaner, multi-surface cleaner, the laundry stain remover. I really like their products because they don't have any fake fragrances. It's safer for my, uh, for my kids, for my family. I feel really good about using it on all my surfaces. Don't have to worry about all of that toxic uh, stuff that's in so many cleaning products, but it's also super effective, especially the carpet cleaner, guys. Like if you've got toddlers like I do, you know how much you need effective carpet cleaner. This stuff really works. I love it. And I love the ingredients too. All made in the USA, another company that you can feel really good about supporting. Go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie for 15% off your order with promo code Allie, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie, code Allie, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Alley code Alley. So in 2020, when you posted that, you said that you saw those as crutches and all you wanted was was Jesus. So at that point, you were a Christian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So when did that happen? Probably like a, a year before that. A year before that. So let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. How did, how did you become a Christian out of the world of just kind of spiritualism. So funny it was, funny enough, I kind of blame my husband or give him the credit. Um, he, it was during like right before, uh, right when the lockdowns happened, um, was I came downstairs and he just said, hey, baby, I think we got it wrong. You know, I think we got a lot of things wrong. Wow. And I was like, no, no, you know, and I'm, I was never like a, a politically charged person. I would say um, like ignorant political things just out of like, uh, you know, because I don't watch TV. I don't like really know. I mean, I would see like whatever my friends would post or things like that. But I was never like, I, I couldn't tell you who's in office or anything like that, you know, at the time. And then so my husband was like, hey, like, I want, I want to show you some stuff, you know, and, like it would be some articles and some videos and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, like. I really got to start rethinking a lot of things that I thought were true, you know? Yeah. And that was kind of the the first step into questioning everything I had been doing. Yeah. Um, was it mostly, we don't have to get into the yeah. details on this, but like the stuff that he was showing you, did it, because you said it was around the lockdowns. Yeah. Was it mostly regarding that kind of thing or was it more theological in nature, the things that he was talking about? I, he, no, it was like revolving more around like political things. And, um, and you know, you have to understand at that time, like, like BLM was going hard and in LA and I was in the middle of it. Like I lived three doors down from the mayor of LA. So yeah. we had Antifa like on our front yard, yeah. you know, after they threatened to like do the Molotov cocktails and stuff like right. that. And like, you know, so we were just like seeing things in real time and, and they were much worse in real life than I think what people even put on TV. And yeah. so... So I was like, man, maybe like, you know, so I started just kind of like reevaluating, kind of going down the list of what I'm doing with my life and like what my perspectives are. And then it got to the part of like 
my spirituality. And that's where I started really rethinking a lot of things. And so I, um, I think a friend had sent me a sermon from Pastor Jack Hibbs and I, I loved it. Like it really spoke to me and, and like it answered a lot of questions that I had. And so then I started that my, my, my son at the time was like still a baby. So I wasn't going to church, but I would, we would watch like sermons every Sunday. And, um, and so that was kind of like, I just desired more and more and more. And so I just started studying the Bible and, um, and it was like, I think it was, um, it's, it's so cool to be able to do it as an adult. You know, I think like I was very lucky that I had parents that were Christian and enforced certain things at, at a time when I couldn't understand things, even though it wasn't as effective. Like I do credit my dad for everything because I remember finding myself in very dark moments and like it, intuitively I was praying, Yeah, you know, and it wasn't because um, my dad made me like it was because I, he was because because he'd been waiting that's yeah. all you know and so like when you can fall in love and learn as an adult it's so much more meaningful and real than it is when you're a child just doing it because this is what we do you know and this is um this is how we do it you mm -hmm. know so um so i mean i'm like i'm on fire for jesus like i I, I don't plan on this dimming out. Like the more and more I learn, the more and more excited I get about things and the more at ease I am about what's happening in this world and what's happening um, like uh, in my marriage or in, you know, yeah. in all of it. So um, so I, I do want to go back though to like the, the occult stuff because sure. um, I don't even want to say occult stuff, but like, you know, just like the, like the tarot cards and all that yeah. stuff. Like, you know, not to diss any of my friends because I have a lot of friends that are into that stuff and I love them so much, you know. Um, I have actually more empathy and understanding than I think uh, an average person because I've been there. But like, but I will say that my husband and I, we look at our the role decks of friends that we have and the ones that are dictating their life through that and they're making life decisions through tarot or through, um, you know, some of the witchcraft stuff like... Uh, even the meditation stuff or like, you know, and I'm I'm going to definitely offend a lot of people, but like the, the ayahuasca trips or the, the meditation caps and silent retreats, all the things yeah. that I used to do, except I never did ayahuasca, but like, they're all so miserable. Yeah. And like, they're the most broke people. Usually most of them are single. They don't have stability. And I'm talking about like both financial and like the love around them right there's always these this drama and dread and doom and gloom and i was one of them you know yeah. and it's like that's one thing that i would look around at my christian friends and i'm like they're not perfect by any means yeah but i want what you have you know mm -hmm. like i love the light that you have and it's like um so so you know we're like let's not be dummies anymore and let's just like figure out what this like this obviously hasn't worked for us you know let's yeah. like explore this and so that's kind of like my whole perspective on it i don't i you know i think um again like i have no intentions of cutting off my friends that i don't necessarily agree with or um you know don't see things the same way i don't think jesus would either and so it's like because i do I, I i got a lot of criticism after i posted that baptism video and um I think that like Christians, um, you know, when you do that, 
you don't realize how much harm you're doing. You know, mm. like I, I would look at a lot of the comments that I got, um, and it they were really cruel and very, very um, annoyingly holier than thou. And I, I would look at some of them and say, okay, let's look at like what is to be gained from this comment. Like, who does it help? Like to be a know-it-all. Like, who mm. does it help? Does it help me? Does it help all my other followers following and and like witnessing the the judgment and the criticism and 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 definitely of not knowing the other person, you know, like everyone's like, oh well, she's a baby Christian, so you know, you should get, cut her some slack. It's like I'm not a baby Christian. I mean, I yeah, I just recently got baptized, but like I'm not like this didn't happen yesterday. Like I have an understanding of of a lot of the things that people are talking about. Like I'm not going to dress like how you think I'm going to dress. Like nothing's changing in that department. Like even like with like the, the you know the music that I make or or some of the content that I make, it's like, it's not, it's not for you. You know, it's not, it's not for you. You have no idea how many DMS that I got from like other goth kids that are in the same boat as I was. They're going, man, I'm at this crossroad and I want to go back to church, but like, um, I don't have a church to go to, or I feel like, like even within my own family unit, people have like, I'm an outcast and like, and I'm trying to make my way back to Jesus. But like these people, you know, like thank you for doing that, you know? And it's like, so, I don't have any intention on like like conforming to what somebody's like uniform or what their idea of darkness is, you know, because I don't I, I don't think I'm a dark person. I have I wear dark clothes, but like I like people's I like definition of darkness is a lot different, you know? Yeah. Like like what's dark to you might not be to me. Like yeah. I'm not I don't I'm not scared of death. Like I talk about it all the time. My entire career was based on that. You know, I tattooed portraits of dead people on their loved ones for decades. And yeah. like so I've read every grieving book. I've read every bereavement book. I've read like, you know, that's I think death is something that like we should be able to talk about. And, you know, when I see a skull, I don't think like, oh, that's demonic. I just it's just not for me. But right. if it triggers you spiritually then keep scrolling, you know, like, or don't listen to my music or whatever it is. But, but I think that like the, the amount of like critical Christians on my Instagram now have become such a, a turnoff to people who are actually seeking God that like, I had to just block and delete. Like, even if it's good stuff, I just like, if people talk about, I just, this is not for you, you know? And it's like, you end up pushing people away and like, the one person that I think about through all this is my husband, you know, because when we got together, we were both not Christian, you know, we got married and then he's really helped me without knowing find my way. And he's not necessarily on the same page. I mean, in some ways he, he is, you know, he's very supportive. We go to church together, you know, every, every Sunday, my, he always supports me. We pray together, we do, but there's parts of him that's still questioning. And like, after that, getting so much grief from people that spilled over into my my husband he was like i remember the next morning he was like babe i I don't want to be a part of that yeah you know and and it like i'm trying not to get emotional because it's like i've been working for years like trying to like lead by example and share what i you know the the step my own stepping stones with him to like hopefully one day he can come to me and say hey guess what like i've given my heart to jesus that hasn't happened yet but when you when you have like an entire community of people like attacking you like man like you're you know not to say that my husband is like 
you know, going to do something based on a comment on Instagram, but when it's getting amplified so much, like yeah. it turns people off, you yeah. know, and it, not everyone's like that, you know, like our church is amazing. Like the first day we went, um, you know, my husband didn't want to go. He's like, oh, do I have to go? And I'm like, yeah, you have to go. Like, that's going to be a rule now, you know? And, you know, my when we moved to Indiana, I was like, our first mission is to find our church, you know, and like it's it might take us a year, it might take us a week, but we got to just try. And I had a list of Baptist churches that I wanted to explore, and the first and why, one. Why why Baptist? Um, Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I'm just curious about oh. that. Um, well, I mean, I'm not too much into denominations either, but I feel like when I look at the breakdown of like their approach to scripture is just like aligns with what you know, like. Yeah. What I feel. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm for it, obviously. Okay, cool. yeah, I'm yeah. supportive as yeah. a lifelong Baptist myself. But yeah. I just was curious about that. Okay. So. Yeah. And I wasn't born into a Baptist church. So it's like, you know, I think like to me, it was, it's cool to be able to, um, like I said, as an adult, have an understanding. And I looked at things like there's things about, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm seeking more traditionalism. Like I don't, um, like when it comes to my worship, and this is just for me, is like, I, I wanna worship. Like, I don't wanna go to a concert. I don't wanna, um, I don't like, like I dress, we, we all dress nice when we go to church. That's just our own personal thing. Like this is a sacred space. And like, I, um, like that's how, how I do it. And I feel like um, other, other outlets and stuff like just didn't really align with, um, with what 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 I'm looking for, you know. Yeah. But so so I, I feel like God just like spit me out in on the doorsteps of the most perfect church for us, and we go in there, and there's you know it's a very small congregation, it's it's a lot of old people, and um, they my parents were always late as as a kid, so I have anxiety about being late. I do not like being late, and so I was like, all right, well I got there too early, and they were we interrupted their prayer circle, and these people just stood up and embraced us and. Um, they were just, they, they didn't really care about who people think we are, you know, they were just like, oh yeah, you're the lady that bought the house down the street and we've been, we've actually been praying for you. Mm. And like, um, and so then I was like, okay, well, let's try this, this out. Cause it's like, you know, I want to see if, if what, what the pastor's all about pretty much. Like I, I want to learn about the Bible. Like I don't want like necessarily feel good stories or, you know, like, like I, I'm here to learn. And so, and then, you know, pastor Brian is like, um that's that's what he's all about so so i was like man i can't believe that you know we got lucky and found this place so quickly and we love it and yeah. so my husband responds to that and like you know we um he's he's learning in his in his own you know on his own path and in his own way and our you know um so that's been good but then i feel like when we step out of that our that place like that's when it becomes like triggering for him you know yeah. and um, well you're in a unique position because you have such a large audience yeah that you are going to attract yeah the you know extremes of anything just yeah. by being a person on the internet yeah um i do want to talk about the baptism video a little bit just yeah. for some people who may have missed that and sure. we talked about it a little bit in the introduction but um you posted this beautiful 
beautifully artistic baptism video. Is that your actual church? Is yeah. the building? It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, it is beautiful. And like, like you said, you received, well, you received a lot of... Um, positivity. You know, po- a lot of positivity, Lo- but yeah. then you said that you received some criticism. And you talked a little bit about the holier than now kind of self-righteous yeah. comments that you got, but specifically, what were they criticizing you for? Or was it like, this is not genuine? Yeah, or- so there's a lot of it. There was, I mean, like... <laughs> It went from, well, her hand wasn't like completely submerged into water, so this is fake. Or it, does, oh it doesn't gosh. count. That kind <laughs> of silly. stuff. I've never heard that. Yeah. I've never like, heard you have to that full, before. Full sub- you have to be fully submerged. But like, you know, I was holding on to Pastor Brian's hands when, you know, and I, I weigh 150 pounds. Like, he's like an older ge- gentleman. <laughs> like, I was like thankful he didn't drop me or yeah. whatever, you know. So, but, and then other people were like, um, she's faking it. This is just for a PR stunt. And, uh, and like, um, you know, I didn't, um, you weren't there, you know, it's like people weren't there. And like, uh, there was one recently that, that I saw that was, and I, I, like I said, I typically do not respond to just block and delete, but one of them I responded to recently because it was just so crappy, just the, uh, like, who would say this? But right before I went into the water, my, so, so I joined the church choir and, um, I wanted to sing my tribute, this, this song called My Tribute, and um, on that day. And so I sang that with my choir. And my dad plays a trumpet, and um, he ended up st- doing a trumpet version of my tribute as, when I was in the back getting ready to go in the water. So I was already crying yeah. before we even went in. And, um, wow. and so the whole entire time, you know, I'm listening to Pastor Brian when he's saying, and it, the whole world was disappeared and I'm in this water with um with my pastor and then he calls me a sister in Christ and I just the whole time I was just fighting tears you know and so in the video I'm doing this like you know and so and somebody's like look she's just laughing the whole time like it's fake and I was like man you know you're no fun <laughs> like I just like people like what yeah. do you guys because I don't have that within me when I'm when I'm on Instagram like I see plenty of stuff that I don't like or that I don't agree with or that I think is silly or and cra- you just scroll on I just don't care yeah. you know but to somebody to like rain on somebody's like I mean, like you don't you it's so just looking for something it's so crazy so, but you know I I also I'm not an idiot. I knew that when I posted that video that people would have questions. And I also knew like the moments leading up to it. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't planned. You know, I strategically like, um, you know, I, I, I hired a camera guy, you know, I wanted to, to me this, I do, I've been documenting my life since I was 20. And I, this was one of the most important days of my life. Like, I want to document it just like I would document my wedding, you know, and to share it with with the world. It was intentional. You know, it's like I've um, I mean, there, there's there's the symbolic gesture of baptism, but there's also a part for me is like a bit of a making amends with with my followers, because um, for so many years I've been putting out a certain message that um that makes me sad that I was ever even a part of, you know? And so to, to like publicly proclaim this was, um, was me setting some things right, you know? And th- this just is for me, you know? It has nothing to do with um, 
you know, my church isn't involved in that thought process, you know. But um, it was important to me to share that, you know, because I could have just kept it to myself and just kept going on. But I was like, no, this is something I want to celebrate and I want to be like open and honest about it. And I don't plan on being um, evangelical in a sense of like, like posting about my faith or, um, you know, like to be honest, outside of talking to you, I really don't plan too much to talk about it. And that's just, my own like where i'm at with it you know i feel like like uh there are some people that that have the gift of that you know like like my pastor or like you and um like pastor jack hibbs or whatever and i think that there are some people that like can be quiet witnesses and that's me you know like i do better like one-on-one -on -one with people and i feel like now that i've like come out and shared where I s stand with my faith like if somebody dms me or if someone on the street comes up to me or talks to me or one of my friends which this has already happened says hey like I want to know more about this like totally cool but I'm not going to be like um you know pounding on everybody's like front door it's just not that's just not I'm Amish yeah. about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay next sponsor for the day is Crowd Health. So if you are looking for an alternative to health insurance, uh, which I understand why you would, because sometimes it's like when you have health insurance, you're like, why do I even have this? What is it doing? This is so complicated. It's giving me more of a headache than I had before. Then you need to check out Crowd Health. This is not health insurance. It gives you the tools to negotiate and crowdfund your medical bills. All you have to do is pay a $50 membership fee to get access to services like telemedicine, bill negotiation, and then you join the crowd, which is a group of members just like you who want to help pay for each other's unexpected medical events. As you know, health insurance is broken. Premiums are increasing. Deductibles are getting larger. Claims denials are becoming more common. And that's why you might just want to simplify things through crowd health. You don't have to worry about doctors networks or anything like that. They really do make it simple. So it's time to opt out of restrictive health insurance plans. Let crowd health help fit your health care needs. Get started today for just $50 a month. Use code Allie to get the health care you deserve. CrowdHealth is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code Allie. Okay, so I do want to ask a couple questions that yeah. some people might have. And yeah. this is just as someone who has never been in the punk rock world, yeah. not in yeah. the tattooing world. It's a totally different world than most of my audience yeah. is familiar yeah, with, and me too. Yeah. So, um, like you said, your style is your style. The kind of music that yeah. you play is the kind of music yeah. that you play. Some people who yeah. are, you know, just totally outside of that world, yeah. they will look at something like vampires yeah. or black or whatever it is Skeletons, or yeah. or Mar Marilyn Manson yeah. or things like yeah. that. And it's, it's scary. Yeah. And it does feel dark yeah and so i think some people have the question of like oh how can you hang out how can you like run in these circles and like be promoting things that do seem yeah. ghastly or you know sure. deathly or whatever and so kind of how do you approach that yeah i mean there's different so there's a few parts to that i think like um you know like i've listened to all of your episodes on um like halloween and stuff like that um i think like as somebody like this is an easy way to explain it for me. It's like, uh, I'm sober, you know, I, I used to do drugs and drink and I no longer do that. Um, I can be around it 
and not be tempted but I choose not to be around it like the, especially the drug stuff you know like I like if if you're doing drugs in front of me I, I, I'll I'll leave like it's just not my thing um it's a it, it's a trigger for me or whatever I don't even like that word but you know um whereas there's I have friends of mine that they can have a glass of wine on the weekend and they're still in control of themselves like and they're not um you know abusing it like I was you know like I personally cannot have one drink one drop of tequila or I will destroy my life and everything around it that's just how it is for me and so I think like when it comes to things like Halloween or like you know like I said I don't like using the term dark stuff because I don't really consider it dark but um but like if it triggers you then just don't participate in it like you know if it doesn't trigger you I feel very sound in my faith like I don't I'm not gonna be swayed by my neighbor to um, become to join a cult. I'm just I'm just not, you know. Um, but I think when it comes to music, and I've been thinking so much about this lately because I don't, you know, you have to bear with me because I'm still kind of um, refining how I think about it. But like like secular music, you know, like I listen to secular music. I do not listen to worship music. Like um, I I like to sing it in church, and when I'm singing hymns at church, like I. I, it's it's a whole different experience than when I listen to, um, you know, The Cure or whoever, Depeche Mode, mm -hmm. whoever I'm listening to, you know? It's it's like a, a different process, you know? So I went to like a big church when I was in California um, recently and um, I'd never been to a church like that before. And I loved the sermon, I loved the message. The people were so nice and great and everything. But I will say I didn't like... I, I couldn't enjoy the the song part of it. You know, like my, both my husband and I looked at it, it was like, it just didn't feel, it feels weird to us. Like, it feels like we're watching a concert. I'm watching somebody sing a song and because I know how to write a pop song, I'm like, I all I'm thinking of is the songwriting session that it took to get to this and like the, the yeah. emotional cues and then the repetitiveness of it, the drop and then here comes this. And it's just like, I, I don't, it doesn't, and everybody was singing along. I'm like, okay, so they listen to that in their cars. Like that's what they listen to. And that's, that's totally cool. It's just not for me, you know? Yeah. Like I, I just want to listen to like the old, the old stuff, you know? And that, so, so I'm like, should I stop listening to um, love songs? You know, because that's that's my genre is like I just write love songs um, and a lot of them are reflection. There's they're sad love songs, you know, they're like reflections of experiences I've had or um, or feelings I've had when my husband and I get in a fight or whatever it is, you know, like these are expressions of my experience. And do I, and, and, and I think like, is it wrong? And you can help me maybe figure this out. Is it wrong that um, that not everything is about God in a sense or Jesus? Hmm. like is it like is it is it wrong that um like some people like to listen to the Bee Gees sometimes or, or Holland my dad likes Hall Notes you know or whatever right, right um like should we only listen to at all time and and to me I'm like I don't know I don't think Jesus would be bummed at me for listening to The Cure I, yeah. I, I don't um like I think about sports I don't know anything about sports at all but people like to watch sports and they're obsessed with it I mean like where I live right now, everybody's wearing orange t-shirts, I'm assuming, because there's like an orange like football team or something. And it's like, is that wrong? Cause yeah. like I don't I don't know, you know? Like yeah. but they're enjoying it. Or is eating like food that's not good for us? Like that's not about Jesus, but we enjoy it. We enjoy this form of entertainment that, you know, at the end of the day, I just know I'm not gonna listen to something that 
doesn't sit right with my heart, with my faith, with whatever, you know, like um, there's certain things that I won't listen to. Like, and those are my, my own boundaries, you know, mm -hmm. but so I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, you yeah. know? So there's that part with the music, but maybe you can talk about that more. <laughs> yeah, well, I certainly wouldn't say that I have all the answers because those are, those are really good questions. The thing that comes to mind is that God is the source of all truth and all beauty. So all truth mm -hmm. is God's truth. Just because something that is mathematically true isn't necessarily something that you would find in the Bible doesn't mean that it's outside of Christianity or not of God. God created it. God yeah. created all beauty. He created all truth. So something can glorify him, even if it's not, I think, about specifically about Jesus or quoting the Bible because he created that person to have artistic talent. He yeah. created those words. He created poetry. He created yeah. literature. And so, yes, I listen to secular music too, but here's an example. Yeah. And I've got my producer is a Swifty, so I don't know if she'll be offended by this. <laughs> but, okay, so... There are Taylor Swift songs that mm -hmm. I really like and I can listen to. There are lots of songs like this, but then there are some songs that I hear it and I'm like, I just can't listen yeah. to this without it feeling convicted. One yeah. of the songs that I just cannot listen to by Taylor Swift is Karma. I, I, uh, I don't know any yeah. Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, so. well, just the whole concept of karma. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you're familiar yeah. with it. People are familiar with it. But she's basically talking about how karma is on her side because yeah. of all these good things that she's done. It's against this person who is against her. I can't listen to that because... Like, I think about the millions of girls who are taken in the theology of that song mm. and getting so confused and so miserable, like yeah. you were saying, people caught in yeah. the new age. But that doesn't mean that I can't listen to, I don't know, Love Story by Taylor Swift. Uh -huh. Or like my husband and I love watching The Office. It's entertaining. Yeah. Is every single part of it God glorifying? No. Or is every yeah. single part of it biblical? No. But it's kind of like, one of those things like you were talking about. Yeah. Some of it's individual. And then obviously I do think there are objective standards of sin in the Bible too. Yeah. There are some things we definitely shouldn't be listening to, definitely shouldn't be watching because they glorify sin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So exactly. Uh, that's so, like, like a very general so, answer. So vampires but. for me, it's like uh, the vampires aren't real. I like, uh, I, to me, I, I, I like, I think it's entertaining to think about certain things, you know, like, like, I like, you know, when you're a kid, you're thinking, like, what if I could fly? Or what if I was invisible? What would be your, you know, like, these are just um, thoughts. Like, I, I, I always thought like this weird fascinate people's fascination with wanting to live forever, which would, to me would be like such a curse, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so, and how we wrote people romanticize that, you know, but, um, or like exorcism movies. Like I used to, that was my favorite genre before. I don't watch horror movies anymore. Just not for any other reason. I just, I just, don't want to get scared anymore but um but some of my favorite movies to this day are about exorcisms and like there was like one specifically about um the exorcism of emily rose which was more it wasn't a horror movie it was more of like a court case movie about uh, like a real and it happened in real life like where a lady a girl got um supposedly possessed by a demon and and the church didn't you know th there was a court case between the church and the medical field like trying to figure out like what was would have been the right way to help this person and i reflect on that on in such a biblical way like i i i, I can see like like i see demonic possessions like i say especially in addiction and in um like the guy who came to my door like that that night like so i when i do watch some of that stuff like i do think about um you know 
my faith. I don't think about like, oh, this is so great and gory. That's not that's not my approach. To it. I'm look, thinking in a more, um, you know, I don't want to say philosophical, but like I'm I'm thinking about it in a different in a different way than just like getting off on darkness, yeah. you know. So and that, but that's just for me. Like a lot of people don't like talking about death or demons and things like that. Like to me, it's right. not. I don't have a problem with that, but. To go back to answer your other question about like people like Marilyn Manson in my life um, or my husband, for example, you know, he, he writes extremely dark lyrics, which, you know, now that we're at a certain point, he, he, you know, he does plan on retiring a lot of songs that he won't sing anymore. Like people change, you know, like I've said some really cringy and awful things in my past interviews that I'm like, oh, I hope nobody ever looks that up. Or even the books I've written in the past, I'm like, oh, I was a 20 year old dumb kid. Like. You know, I, that's not who I am anymore, you know? Um, I met Ma Marilyn Manson through sobriety, you know? Um, he, I think he, I believe he just celebrated two years of sobriety now. And um, that, w like I said, that was a little bit of a gateway for me to like find my way back to God. And so I, I happily facilitated a friendship over that. You know, I, I believe that all people have the ability to change. You know, um, Ted Bundy on his like last, um, you know, in her final interview before being killed, uh, had turned his life to God. And and so I just feel like, like, why would I um, turn away my friends who, who know where I stand on things and know that I will always be an open door if ever the time comes that they have a question, because that happened for me, you know, like when I made my way back, like, I remember I called my friend Tara, like my, my friend Tara never like, you know, banished me, you know, because of the dumb things that I said and did, you know, and and we're still very close now because of it, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like when people say things like that, like, oh, wh wh how could you be friends with them? It's like, what do you think I should do? Should I just um, leave this guy with a bad taste of what Christianity looks like, yeah. you know? Like, no, I'm not. And I'm still gonna love my friends who, who are, you know, I have friends who are prostitutes. I have friends who are drug addicts. I have friends who are, you know, going through really rough times or, you know, people who are cheating on their spouses. Not, this is not all of my friends, obviously, but I have, I have people that, that go through things and like, um, you know, and, and I pray for them just as much. And I wish that like, I think that's what I wish the most was like, if these people genuinely cared about me or my husband, instead of like picking us apart or picking him apart, like, I would hope that you would just pray for us instead. You know, because it's already like hard enough in real life to like, you know, live through through a lot of this stuff, you know, and like then to just publicly like harass or humiliate you, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also too, like I don't know, I don't know. When I look at people, it's, I just don't understand what you're going through, you know. Like I remember tattooing a man who like accidentally killed his only son, you know, and he got a portrait of. Uh, you know that was uh paying homage and it's like how did how are you still here you know and like i remember that day i was like pulling out of my tattoo shop and i was leaving and i saw him you know bandaged up and he was crossing the street to go back to his car and i'm, I'm at the stoplight and he's just passing people i'm like the people that are passing him have no idea what this man's carrying right now and yeah. it's like i i mean it's like and we just treat each other so poorly all the time you know just like ah like um yeah look what he's wearing so look at much. you know look, yeah it's like man you just don't know you know yeah like even the people that hate me i'm like oh man they, they got to be miserable in their own life like i'm not gonna just be like let me go look at your profile because you're probably pretty easy to break down too you know yeah. but i just think like oh man like 
you must not have a fun life. Like, you, know? you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, you just don't know. So yeah, I'm. Um, I love Merrill Manson. I think he's a good guy, and I think he's actually like, you know, making a lot of deep, meaningful changes. That it's not my place to talk about that yeah. for him. But like, if you if you knew, you'd you'd feel bad about criticizing. You know. Yeah. So um, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just very unfamiliar. Yeah like with the world and I just I listen to your story and I think about people that are in your circles like the ones that you listed who don't know Christ at all yeah. and are looking like we all did at one point for that happiness and satisfaction like everyone's just looking for that thing that lasts like will something just keep me stable forever yeah and it can't be found outside of Christ it's so obvious to me like that the Lord is going to use you and your testimony for these friends that you have that maybe the outside world does look at someone like Marilyn Manson or other people in your circle and think wow like you know they're my enemy or they hate me and what I stand for or they can't be redeemed but you know personally that we're all just people yeah. they're all just people yeah. all looking for the same things that we're all looking for yeah and i just think that you're in such a unique position yeah that a lot of people are not to help show those people like where the love yeah. is that actually lasts and satisfies or just to even see it as an option like because i didn't really have anybody other than alice cooper to be honest like and i remember like after after i posted that baptism video um and i was getting all this heat i was like i wonder how alice like deals with this you know and i just googled like alice cooper like faith like youtube whatever yeah and i saw some of his interviews and i was like man that's so cool like um you know he was saying and i'm not quoting because i'm gonna butcher it but he was saying about how like when he had first um found jesus that he was like do i have to drop this alice cooper thing you know do i have to like not have a career anymore not saying like and he's like but no, God sent me here as Alice Cooper to be able to like inspire people that would listen to somebody like him versus like somebody that, you know, doesn't like, I don't, I don't feel like I relate to a lot of people in like the, um, in the, in the Christian, uh, realm that, I mean, I, I do relate in on, on matters of, of the Bible. And that's, that's what makes me love all my Christian, you know, family that way. But, um, but as far as like, understanding where we come from and like what what like what our normal is like you know um it's i don't know yeah. it's just not it, yeah. we don't have a lot of that we, we have our friends you know like the the people that came out to my baptism like they're they're on the same page and and you wouldn't think that that was like another thing that people criticize is like oh look at all these like witches inside of a church and it's like what are you talking about those people have been christian longer than i have Okay, last sponsor for the day is ExpressVPN. This is the VPN that I use. It's really easy to use. It's actually the sponsor, the product that I use the most because it's always running in the background of all of our devices. It anonymizes your location and your identity. It's really easy, especially when you're on public Wi-Fi networks for hackers to, to get your information. If you want to protect yourself, then use a VPN. I like using ExpressVPN because they're so easy to use. You can use it up on up to five different devices using the same account. It's really affordable. Also, a little trick, a little trick is that you can actually change the location of where you are if you're, you know, using a streaming service and you can actually have access 
to different content that's only available in that country by changing your location through your VPN. So, I mean, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world using ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Allie. You can get an extra three months free of ExpressVPN. That's expressvpn.com slash Allie, expressvpn.com slash Allie. The other thing about like criticizing people's faith on social media, which I think like debates are fine or disagreements yeah. are, are fine. If someone posts something, like some commentator posts something that's theologically untrue, I might respond to that. But just like judging a book by its cover and saying, wow, this person is looks like this or is making this mistake, they must not be a Christian. I think people forget so quickly and so easily yeah. like their own sanctification journey. What you're seeing in someone's faith on social media is just a snapshot of where they are. But there was a time like, when I was younger that I used to listen to the prosperity gospel oh, yeah. and I was into that kind of stuff. I used to have a different stance on abortion. I was a lot mm. more liberal on it. I just didn't know. Yeah. And there were probably people maybe in my life then when I was listening to some of those teachers and having some of those views in college who would have been like, if I'd put that publicly, oh, you're not a real Christian. Yeah. No, I was, but yeah. I was still and am still as we all are being sanctified. So no, no one has perfect wisdom. Yeah. And so someone sharing their testimony, I think it's really easy to criticize while forgetting like where we all were Yeah, when we became Christians. Not saying that's you, but like all of us are being sanctified and learning and gaining wisdom yeah. and are changing for yeah. the better. And so, yeah. And I, think, I think like the important change too is like, it's not outward. I, Cause I see a lot of that, um, you know, I've, I follow like Christian accounts and I, I, a lot of the content that I engage with is in that world. So a lot of the, you know, how Instagram, the algorithm will show you stuff. So I get a lot of like flashes of people like, oh, look, before Christ. And it was like somebody dressed a certain way. And it's like after Christ. And they're just like modest and stuff. And they're blonde. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and, and, and to be honest, like I've actually been pretty modest like most of my life. I know I don't. Yeah. But like if you look at like my history, like you won't find naked photos of me. Like I'm just not like generally that that's never been my vibe you know but um but uh i i think that the 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 more meaningful changes like happen at least for me was i mean they're just groundbreaking changes that happen internally you know and that's what people were like there's like one annoying comment that people put and i, I know it's um regarding a verse something about like show me the fruits or whatever like um like we'll we'll see we'll see if she's really christian once we sh her, a tree shall be known yeah, by yeah, its yeah. fruit yeah yeah and that i'm like block delete but um yeah. <laughs> but it's like you know I, I if you would have known my heart and mind before and to where i am now you would be like your mind would be blown like i told rafa my my husband rafael one time i was like do you know that like you you leading me back to where I am, I am now has is probably the reason that we're, we're together now. You know, like I feel like I'm the best wife and the best mother I can be now because of the changes that I've had. I mean, there's been it's like a deprogramming that has taken place. Things that I used to find attractive are are disgusting to me. You mm -hmm. know, and it's like like um, I wish I could put into words like how amazing those changes are. Yeah, that I that I've been able to experience through all this, and it's yeah. so cool. You know, is there an example that you can think of of like something that you used to like that you find disgusting? 
Um, I just think like the things that I even like would find just attractive in general, mm -hmm. like in 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 people. Like, you know, I used to think it was um like I don't know, like I don't I mean, there's a lot. I I, I think like an easy one is like um my life before like I, I would have just been like this career boss babe or whatever it is that they call them it's like I have no interest in that anymore it's yeah. not I mean I, I I love to be creative and I love to have ideas and and make them come to life with my mind and my hands but um but my priorities have have shifted like a great deal you yeah. know and I think like how I see my husband now is just I mean um it's just it's just awesome yeah. you know so to end, mm -hmm. what message would you give someone who is watching this, who maybe they are in the position to where they're like, yeah, you know, I want to believe that God is real, but there are things holding me back, whether it's their past or whether it's who they are now or whether it's that they don't like what they see from Christians. It's just not attractive to them mm. like what would you tell that person oh man i'm not i'm not good at these kinds of <laughs> giving messages out or advice. what would you have told yourself i don't i mean you know i think what's exciting to me is to look like i loved researching like the historical aspect of the bible because then there you just start seeing actual truths and i think a lot of people when they think of like um oh it's like um you know some guy with a beard in in the clouds and like like miracles didn't really happen like this kind of, but when you start looking at like there's so much evidence yeah. that is so undeniable i mean it's so cool that's the part where i was like okay this isn't this isn't just about blind faith oh i just believe because this is like what i was talking about with my childhood it's like i just believe because that's what my parents told me to do it's like no no there's actual like like evidence and information that's like so exciting and inspiring so you know, like I said, when you um, gifted me the idea of getting that Bible, like it really helped me out because I go to, I have yeah. like a little women's Bible study class that I go to on Tuesdays at my church and stuff. But we are a little bit of like, not the blind leading the blind, but we're all figuring it out together, you know? And so it's like, um, you know, a, I, I, I don't know what the advice is. You know, I got really lucky with a pastor that has like a doctrine in theology and like, like is very knowledgeable and I can ask certain questions and we can talk about it. And he has like, you know, opened my, my mind to certain things. And I don't, I don't know how to tell people how to find that, you know, I mean, you're probably better at it than me. I just, I just know that it's within me and that's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, I think you answered the question just by giving your testimony of talking yeah. about how God draws people and kind of what you did to seek that out yeah. and the questions that you asked. I think it's just good for people to hear too that it's okay to have questions yeah. and that you don't have to have it all figured out. And actually we are all figuring it yeah. out, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, there are going to be questions that are unanswered. But there are also, like I, I see a lot of people saying, well, I can't be a Christian because this question, this question, this question, or whatever it is. And I think a lot of people have some arrogance in believing that no one else has ever asked the questions mm. or had the doubts that you do when really, thankfully, like we have thousands of years of very smart, very knowledgeable, very wise theologians yeah. who have wrestled with a lot of those questions. So like chances are there are a lot of answers to the questions that we have, not perfect in yeah. all of them. But like you said, like you asked people, you sought people 
who knew what they were talking about. You read the Bible. You yeah. got to study Bible. I think that is a good answer. Yeah. Like seek the questions that you have. Don't just sit with them. Like seek the truth about them because chances are there's a lot of wisdom out there for yeah, you. Totally. Yeah. Well, Kat, thank you so much <laughs> yeah, for taking the you. time. I mean, we could talk a lot more. It's already been an hour and seven minutes. That was yeah. a beautiful job sharing your testimony. Oh, thanks. I know it's going to encourage a lot of people. So thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. And sorry if I rambled a lot. I tend no, to do that. <laughs> you didn't. It was beautiful. It was awesome. perfect. Thank cool. you.